to That's Not My Job. <laughs> it's a show about a person who doesn't have a job telling other people about the jobs that are out there. And my guest today is Stephanie, who's a social worker. Hi, Stephanie. Hey. How are you doing today? Doing good. <laughs> Did you wake up and remember that we had this interview scheduled? <laughs> you know, I did remember it was this week. <laughs> okay, that's so good. that's a start. That's good. Okay. Um, so if you want to start as as early as you want, okay, truly as early as you want. Well, just maybe a background of my own family. Um, so I'm first generation. My dad came from El Salvador. My mom's from Guatemala. Um, and so they immigrated when they were young and came here, met here, had me, my brother. Um, like any other family, we definitely struggled with our own levels of issues from financial, family conflicts, drama within family, drama within outer family friends. Um, so definitely that's something that Growing up, my family is very social, and I find my I feel like I'm very social. I mean, I look at my husband, and he's definitely more like reserved, very my opposite. And I think that calms me down. Where I'm like, yeah, let's go do this, let's be that. But I mean, he keeps up with me, so that helps. Um, but yeah, so I definitely think that I can always remember growing up, like always being social, having family friends, um, just having something every weekend. And I feel like that's just how I am now to this day where I'm just like, what is the weekend going to hold for me? What is what am I going to do this week and when I'm going to like something? Um, and that was a constant like like there was always something to do. There was always something to do. And if it wasn't just like them doing a barbecue, it was like we're going to go and travel here for the weekend or we're going to go and visit family. Definitely like any Hispanic Latin family, we definitely valued being with family, especially around the holidays, birthdays, things like that. Um, also, a lot of my dad's side of the family is here as opposed to my mom's side. Most of them are in Guatemala. And so it's just really, it was really hard. Um, and so what I did notice and when I would see like cousin with social media, <laughs> Instagram and Facebook and MySpace for those that don't remember oh, that. Yeah. No, the, good, the good old MySpace is. <laughs> yes. Um I remember just seeing like a lot of my cousins in Guatemala, like going, you know, going through things, like birthdays, quinceañeras and all that. And I was so jealous because I was just like, I can never be with that side of my family and only my dad's side of the family. And so it's just really hard to um, just go through those family connections. But that made me want to preserve family occasions and parties so much more. I mean, yes, there's going to be conflict in any family, but I think that made it just more special and more happier. So, so even from a young age, you kind of felt like you had to have like a, like a center or somewhere to go to, mm-hmm. um, not only because it's, it's something to do, but it's mostly like, oh, this is like, uh, people just happen to always collect at the water hole and that's where they trade things. Mm-hmm. Like that's where you catch up with friends, with family. It's yes. very, it's very important to have that familiar connection. And and you had that on like even as a like a little kid. Yes, I mean I feel like I I it's not that I was just like ooh family. I see that it's an important value. I mean of course when we're go- gr- growing up and like getting into our middle school years, our teenage years, our pre adolescent, adolescent, we're learning who we are and becoming 
like understanding who we are and forming our own identity and I think my identity really surrounded myself around family and I think once I got older I kind of learned like how to separate myself but also maintain that value of family and family quality time um which I think kind of formed into how it led to me being a social worker um just because of a lot of family conflicts like I said earlier, we had our own family conflicts. Unfortunately, my parents did separate. And I think that was really, really hard because I never experienced, or at least I've never experienced loss. And loss and grief, as I've come to learn, is not just death. It's different types of losses. Loss of a family friend moving away, a boyfriend moving another state, whatever the case came, may be. And for me, the loss of like family, like a four, the four of us being together and like actual family was definitely difficult. I mean, I was like, I think at the age of 21 and my brother had just left to college. And I think that was definitely really difficult. And it was actually around that same time where I started changing my major in undergrad to becoming in the social work path. But I think that is one of the most significant pieces of my life where I was just like, wow, family can change. You're, you can't, you think it's going to go one way your whole life and it's going to change. When did you realize that there was going to be a separation or when was there a separation? I definitely think that my parents, I mean, and it's, it could be cultural, it could be societal, but I think because maybe we were really close to the poverty line and there was just a lot of conflict between my parents. Was it mostly financially driven? I would say yes. Now being married, I can definitely see how finances are definitely kind of could be the leading cause of divorce. Yeah, from from what I've heard from various people, it's the number one factor. It's yes. the number one thing to argue about, uh, especially in a partnership. Mm -hmm. um, what were your parents working as? Well, my dad was a gardener, jardinero, mm -hmm. and then my mom worked like multiple jobs. Um, and once we go through my resume, I think that influenced me holding like two jobs at one point because she would hold like if she could to this day, actually, two or three jobs she's holding. Um, and that's how she was. She's just always busy, 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 something in the morning, something afternoon. But what I am grateful for my parents is that they, even though these financial hardships happened we weren't never necessarily involved until we got older of course but we didn't really see it um and that's when they provided us with like going to soccer my brother did baseball basketball p like pop warner football um and we lived in south la um uh, so your uh your parents separate yes um is that before high school, after high school, during high school? That was after high school. After high school. Um, I mean, in <clears throat> high school, I definitely had my rebellious stage with my mom. I mean, like like I said, family conflict. But I think that's just part of adolescence. Um, I mean, I think my mom, God bless her, she's amazing. <laughs> so, so uh, um, to to be clear for everyone, Stephanie and I got to know each other in high school. That's yes. actually where we first met. Um, Stephanie, uh, what would you say led you to that high school? <laughs> my mom didn't want me to go to my home school, which was going to be Crenshaw High School. And not that there's nothing wrong with Crenshaw High School. Nothing wrong. Not at all. We appreciate the public school systems <laughs> for everything that they're doing. Yes. Despite what other people may think. <laughs> we appreciate, uh, 
Yes. <laughs> we appreciate public high schools. But you and I went to private Catholic schools. Yes, we did. Um, you went because you were you went to a private Catholic high school. Did you also go to a private Catholic elementary school? Middle school. Middle elementary school. was actually public. and it, But it was still in like Culver City area because it was Overland Avenue Elementary. Um, and then from there, I went to middle school. And then from middle school, I went to St. Monica where we met. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's very different. Yes. I imagine. Definitely. For you. It was. Um, I mean, I definitely learned a lot of myself i think i learned kind of who my friends are i mean here we are here we are here um, we are 10 years later having <laughs> gone through our 10-year high school reunion yes sometimes um, so uh did you participate in anything um after school because everyone gives this value to high school mm-hmm. that it is at the time it's the pinnacle of our emotions the pinnacle of our, of our lives we're only going to be young for so long Yes. Um. So in in high school, you participated in sports and programs. And, I did. And what? I did cross country, soccer. I became junior and senior. I did the basketball manager for the varsity girls. I thought it looked cool. And so I was like there. <laughs> and the coach was intense. And I remember I had to like make sure where I had to be on top of the three fouls if a player got three fouls i had to make sure they let them know because if not by the fourth foul you know maybe one of our best players will be off the court and they were yeah it was intense that yo i think out of all my jobs i look back if she were my boss i think i would probably would have got fired but (laughs) because it was high school and it was just voluntary i think she just got me so you and you and I did campus ministry. We did campus which ministry, yeah. Which is, um, for those who do not, uh, were fortunate enough to not go to a private Catholic high school, um, you have uh, obligatory uh, church days, yes. in which you uh, are outside of your uniform. We had to wear uniforms, yeah. And we had to wear button-up shirts and ties and dress slacks. The girls wore dresses. Ugh, I hated wearing dresses. <laughs> and uh, we had to go to mass, you know, for mm-hmm. an hour of the day and the school schedule was reflected on that and we had to organize those events and we had to come up with themes uh depending on the time of the uh catholic calendar and come up with the readings and all that so it's kind of you know a little organizational uh event planning yeah i think it helped yeah i think it eventually helped just to get an idea of like working within a larger group of people who are very different from you Yes. And especially for the bigger things like the retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, for retreats, we had um, freshmen and sophomores, I believe, had day retreats. The juniors had um, overnight. I think they had like two nights. Two, ni- two, yeah, two nights. Because I remember we had to go and I was just like, oh, yeah. this is and, cool. And the, senior, and the senior retreat, thankfully, is planned by alumni of the school plus some faculty. Yes. So, um so then you graduate high school. Yes. Where, where do you well, go? actually, now that you brought up campus ministry, going backtracking a little bit. Go for it. Um, I remember my campus ministry in, uh, interview because I think one thing that once again led me down to the, where I am now, um, an incident that actually happened in my life. And I think a lot of people can, um, Latin people, no, any people that's in, that has any dealings or had dealings with ICE 
can relate is that in I believe it was sophomore year of high school or junior year and I believe my one morning we were getting ready to get to school and at the time I could drive already and I was so happy because I was like yeah I have can borrow my dad's car I have to wait for my brother who takes forever and I hope he hears this because he did take forever Mm -hmm. and I remember one morning that while we were getting ready Ice actually stormed into our house and kind of just like where's Reynaldo Cruz where is this man and you know they opened they almost opened my door while I was getting dressed and my mom was like kind of yelling at them my father and so he was just kind of like it was just kind of like crazy because they like took my dad and looked like in handcuffs without shoes half dressed out the door and I'm just like they don't even give us an explanation question like they don't let us ask questions anything and I think right then and there I was just like this is unjust this is not fair and I remember going to school just thinking like I can't I can't deal I really can't deal and I remember in campus ministry they asked about like an incident that really shaped kind of not only I think at the time was because it was campus ministry we had to talk about faith but just kind of like talked about like your fears sorry I'm not crying, I swear. I am a very emotional person, but I'm not crying right now. (laughs) I just cleared my throat. Um, But I think that that, at that point, at a young 17, 18, I was very, I think that definitely, like, made it a point in me. Like, I want to make a change. I don't know Mm -hmm. how, but I definitely want to make a change in this world. Don't know how. But I think that, that incident in that situation in my life, I think that definitely set me on some kind of path it was uh it's a point of significance definitely. yes definitely so high school happens you're off mm-hmm. to college um where do you go Ooh, college so yes so i went to cal state la um i being the eldest and only daughter mm-hmm. i decided to stay home i actually junior had toured like the bay area for colleges and i stayed home um and so I thought, like, let me just help with my family, with finances. Um, you know, at the time, my parents had divorced. So then I stayed with my mom and I let my brother go to college out in the Bay Area. Your bro- And your brother's two, three years younger than you? Um, two, two years, years, two months. Oh, well, <laughs> exact uh, science you. for him. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so by the time you were a sophomore in college sophomore going into your junior year in college your brother was applying for high school uh for colleges excuse Mm -hmm. me and uh he went to san francisco Francisco state yeah um which is kind of unfair it was Uh, it's kind kind of unfair and it definitely is kind of reflexive uh reflective of um kind of a culture thing of us um feeling some kind of obligation to stay and help out Yes. And it and at that time for your parents separation it's definitely like I got to keep this thing together and you pointed out earlier like it's very it's a very important thing for for you personally. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure people will say yeah yes family is very important but for you it was um like you worked to maintain it. You were yes. the center point and you weren't seeing any other person mm-hmm. um putting the same effort in. Yeah. And and I think also with the separation, I think that affected my brother. So, so like, it, like him going to San Francisco was kind of like, this is my escape. Kind of. Well, it happened right at when he left. Then they separated. So it was like perfect. In a way, it was like, what is it saying? Like two ships sailing in the night passing or something. 
I think that's about lovers. Okay, uh, just kidding. <laughs> so but, not that. Uh, like strangers in the night kind of like things. But uh, um, ignore that, please. Okay, I will all, ignore that. All listeners, please ignore that. <laughs> but no, what um, I mean but, is but like. It, but it was, um, but your brother going to, uh, going off to college in San Francisco and your parents' separation in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I imagine that for him, it was a great way to cope. Yes. With it being detached. Definitely. And I think for me, I was definitely jealous in that time. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say I'm still kind of jealous because I have I was the one left to pick up the pieces. And I was yeah. kind of like, here I'm trying to help out my mom understand that, like, her relationship, the way she imagined it, she pictured it, is not going to come out to a fairy tale ending. And the way my dad did what he did – um, definitely like you know affected it like my perspective of him definitely was askewed um so i definitely think that it was like i said there's still a bit of tendency like a touch of jealousy if you will touch of jealousy so uh what year did you declare social work we're not going to go into it but what year did you declare social work uh 2013 2013 no no i'm sorry i lied 2012 because it was a two-year like i had to do certain prereqs and stuff okay so you declare your major into social work and we'll come back to that Mm -hmm. um what happens what what else do you have going on while you're in college um so i won't get into the details of this but i think this is also another significant point um and i think this is right when i had transitioned into that major like i had declared social work as my major um and my cousin in our family, there was a DCFS case, um, and my cousin was what that is. Uh, so DCFS Department of Children and Family Services, also can be known as CPS, which is Child Protective Services. Um, but yes, so we had a family incident. Um, I won't go into the details of that just for confidentiality, but um, DCFS was involved, and I think that just kind of affected our family because it was just. How could our family ever come across this? How could our family ever have an incident like this or a situation happen to us? Like, why us? It was very, very, like, shocking. Very, I think our whole, not just our whole family, but I think our whole, like, our church community, I think they were just shocked. And it was just, it was really hard because not that our family is well known but like in community like in any parish like we speak we work we you know we we grow with each other there's definitely involvement yeah and so i think that really it like shocked a lot of parishioners hearing about like what happened um and i think that i was there and i kind of just was definitely more supportive of my sisters i had already picked up uh, this was around the same time like i was picking up the pieces for my mom and my dad, mostly my mom for sure, but then this came up and it was just like, now I got to help out this side of the family. Mm-hmm. But it was just more like the motivation behind it was definitely like, if this is how my work's going to be for my career, then I'm ready. Like, I know I can do this because I definitely think when, and this is a future topic, but I definitely think that when we talk about like, how children get into the system and why they get into the system. Mm-hmm. And the many cases we've heard, I mean, there's so many that are publicized and everything in the media. It, it makes people's stomach turn. Like my mom will like hear them and she'll start crying. And, and I like, I, I'm 
like I said, I am emotional, but I definitely think when it comes to this kind of work, I'm just like, I need to put my needs on the back burner and then work for the ones in front of me. And then I'll come back and I'll pick up my pieces when I'm ready. Yeah. And, and, and from what you're kind of telling me, it's kind of that, that event with family, it's kind of like those, like it could never happen to us. things. Mm -hmm. Like you hear stories, especially because, um, for people who don't real uh, like pay attention to um, Spanish speaking news, there is a lot more um, focus on um, local news and local news is very heavy on like good deeds that people do, but also it's um, tragedy just sells and yeah. you hear stories about like just incidents um, that you're, you're, you feel guilty yeah. And you feel affected by it. And it's a very an emotional thing because it's like it's our community. It's our like Hispanic community. Yeah. And anything that makes it I mean, I'm pretty sure it, any community, any cultural culture that is affected in some side of way, there some side of way, some type of way, good lord. Um, they're definitely gonna have a tie to it and it it'll mean be more meaningful for them. And I agree. I think that when we see something that's happening in our Latin community, we're just kind of like what yeah why so trying to avoid um we've, we've done an excellent job of avoiding talking about work um <laughs> i know i'm like so <laughs> you're, you're, you're so you're so ready to get there and we're almost there um so uh you go through uh declaring your major mm -hmm. you graduate college and yes. then you go where um so i graduated in 2014 and just let me touch upon what I did prior before I got to where I am, my Go job, because I think that shares a lot as to my skills, my resume. Um, so I actually knew I wanted to work with kids. And I know I mentioned before that I was going to declare nursing as my major, but I had not, I wasn't really sure if that was what I really, really wanted. <laughs> um, and so I remember taking chemistry because like one of the prereqs for nursing was like chemistry and i was like oh i can't do this because i like science i'm like probably the only social worker that because there's like a always i remember hearing in grad school like yeah social workers don't like math and science and i was like i love math and science like what mm -hmm. that's just easy plain black and white not don't it's need to interpret plain black and white for a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> i'm like you don't have to interpret <laughs> yeah. but yeah um but yeah so chemistry didn't really work out or like I, I did it but then I was just like I don't know if I want to like how, in what capacity do I want to be nursing I'm just thinking like nah I don't know mm -hmm. so anyways so I actually got a job as a TA while I was in undergrad at Cal State LA I worked as a TA for middle school and I found out that middle schoolers are hilarious I love working with them um we I followed one class specifically from seventh to eighth grade and I was their TA for two years and it was just a blast um sorry and so i think that kind of like hearing like just small schoolyard issues bullying things like that and even kids coming up to me and telling me about like their family problems i was just like wow like i'm here i'm not in their lives every day but like three times out of the week and they're like open and willing to talk to me because i think they just want an outlet yeah so i think that really spoke to me a lot that I knew I wanted to work with kids because I definitely think a lot of what we always say is like 
and not we as just you and me, but I think in society, we're always like, we got to think, you know, the kids are the future, they're our generation and stuff like that. And so we want to help them. And that's the way I definitely thought of how I entered this career. Like I need to help the future um, and what's the future children. And so when I left, when I graduated in 2014, I applied to my job currently, which is immediately. I think I applied to like couple like, you know, indeed and whatnot. But like, I think I did like three random agencies and the agency I work at currently is the one that hired me for a position for recreational like group activities. Um, And that was something that was awesome because like I worked at a group home currently still at the group home. I actually hit five years this July, this past July. So now this upcoming July in 2020, I'll be six years with the company, which is crazy. So Stephanie cannot like <laughs> get to talking about her job as fast as I can. But no. just just to give a time and timeline, um, like what were, what were you personally doing like outside of academics? Um, like outside, for self-care? Uh, like, well, no, not for uh, self-care. What were you like? What was going on with your life outside of school? outside of like school or jobs uh during college because i think that's that will tell us the most about what why i do the work i do like did you pick up any hobbies in college now that you had uh some more free time than well actually another significant thing oh my goodness i'm like in therapy right now because i'm like telling all my things this is this is beautiful um so another thing is i actually was unfortunately i was in a relationship in a domestic violence relationship. And I think that really did shape kind of my worldview of kind of being an advocate for myself and others. Um, I did some volunteer work for Peace Over Violence, which is a great domestic violence agency that works with not just um, survivors, but also like the batterers. And I remember them having like groups for those that were batterers in a relationship. Um, But yeah, I think working through them or volunteering with them and being at a police station, I was able to recognize like, I'm not a victim, I'm a survivor. Um, And it's more strength-based, that word, if you will. But I definitely think that that significant relationship taught me a lot about myself. Um, And it definitely, it was hard because you definitely think you can change someone and you think you can do better by being with them. And being like, oh, you know, I'm a good person. I want them to be a good person. So I'm going to try. And obviously it didn't work out. And thankfully it didn't work out because it was just getting worse. Um, But I definitely think that that made me like focus on me. Because after once I like found out like I need to get out of this. I need to be me. I think that that was like my time of like being single and just kind of like loving myself. Um, And, and and um I can kind of speak to this in a little bit. Yes. Because prior to this incident with your partner, um or this ex partner. Rela- where your ex well, <laughs> yes, I should uh, I can speak a little bit to this because prior to the end of your relationship with this uh with a specific partner, um, we kind of you and I did not talk after a high school graduation. No. We were not involved in each other's life at all. And no. then after in, after this incident that I know that you reached out to our mutual friend, Christopher, Chris, yes. as we like to call him, and as most people call Christopher's. Uh, 
And he reached out to me and he was like, Hey man, you remember this girl, uh, Steph, you know, we used to hang out with in high school and play like cards, uh, out on the school, uh, on the lunch tables like, yeah. during breaks and before school. Um, <laughs> time. great times. She, uh, uh, she kind of needs some, some people are, uh, back in her life, uh, again. Uh, do you want to hang out with her? I was like, you know what, Chris? Sure. Let's do it. Oh my god, I could cry. <laughs> I literally have tears in my eyes. Are, are you finding about this about uh, yes, the first time? I've never heard this. Okay, so yeah, so Chris. Oh my god, I could literally cry right now. Uh, so Chris reached out to me, and um, and he and he knew, and I know you're gonna uh, later call him and uh, thank him for this. Um, yes. <laughs> he reached out, and Chris doesn't get emotional in the traditional sense of like it's <laughs> it's very expressive, but the yes. way. Uh, the way he approached me, um, because Chris, uh, Chris and I were just starting to have uh, a friendship again. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, man, he uh, she just needs people in her life, and I was like, yes, definitely. Like, we'll organize, we'll do, we'll do stuff together, um, so that way she feels an ease of coming back into having friendships again, because yeah. that's what's something that he expressed you needed. Oh, God. And, and and so we like during like this is kind of like what I'm trying to reach at of like your college life is that we have started having game nights and mm-hmm. um, having a time and a place where your friends that eventually became your family. Yeah. Um, you truly are my family. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, got together and rekindled the uh, rekindled. Uh, connections yeah and now we're so we, we celebrated our fifth year of secret santa yeah our fifth year of secret <laughs> santa and we took a big trip to las vegas yes. uh and then we have big plans for future ones but it's uh it it's cru- it was crucial to me uh to me and understanding that you going into social work was very obvious to me mm. i had very little details about uh why you wanted to reach out to friends i just knew through our mutual friend that this was something that you needed and then eventually you on your own mm-hmm. started building those relationships yeah um good oh, you guys are <laughs> the best <laughs> and so we'll start talking about jobs right now after this break and we're back <laughs> it was a very short break it was uh Stephanie, um, do you remember your first job? Yes. I was a receptionist for my church in Culver City. Did it pay well? Yo, I remember when the posters used to say federal wage starts at six ninety. And I was like, six ninety? And then I got paid. I think I paid I got worked like twenty hours. And then sometimes people would call out. That's a part time job. It was a part time job. And then I remember they would call out some people on the weekends and like, would you like to like pick up the shift and i was like yeah i'll take i'll do it and i get like a whopping like hundred dollar extra or something and i was just like yo i'm rich <laughs> this is the life what, what, what how old were you when when this was happening i think i was 16 i started working at 16 okay good the church didn't employ someone underage <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> um so that was your first job mm-hmm. what was your next job we'll just we're just going through your jobs yeah at this just, point yeah um i worked at santa monica pier Santa Monica Pier. Yes. Very significant. We'll come back to that later. <laughs> uh, Santa Monica Pier. How long were you there? Um, ooh, I think I was there for like a year and a half, almost two. 
That's where I met my husband. So yeah. you met you met your future husband? Yes. At a job. I did, but we we weren't we were just friends at that point and then also just he friends. was dating his own partner at that time and I was dating someone else and then we re- reconnected after uh, after after like some four years five years because you were uh, when uh so you were working at the pier post high school mid, like exiting high school through high school a little bit after exiting high school um is when i stopped working at the pier and, and i worked in the games department so i was that one person i was like i need three players all i need is three players and i'll be like you sir you want to buy your girlfriend a teddy bear and then she'll be like, yeah, I want a so, teddy bear. So you're the person responsible to guilting people yeah. into playing these games. Yes. And par- and watching the faces of parents having to overpay mm-hmm. for games where they could, yes. like, the cost of playing the game is almost equivalent to just buying the, <laughs> yes. the plush that's hanging on the wall. But it's it's a game. It's a game. It's all a game. It is. So uh, so you're working at the pier. This You're entering college. Mm-hmm. Uh, next job. I started working at Target Seasonal. Um, Target Seasonal. What's that? <laughs> so like Target, but like just a seasonal job. So it'd be like from October to January, I think it was. Uh, there's a big push for department stores to hire seasonal mm-hmm. uh, just because they need bodies. They do. Black Friday was insane. That's when I got real like customer real re- service like face and to face. retail. I yeah. did it in, in the parish. I did it at, at the pier. But I think in retail... It's definitely like because you saw a lot of realness. Like, yes, <laughs> I imagine working retail. Yeah, and I worked at the Target that's like right there off of La Cienega, and, and like now it's called Obama, but it was Rodeo, but it, now okay. Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it the other day, and I was like, "Wait, what? This is Obama?" <laughs> um, but yeah, so I worked there, and I remember it was just like insane, um, just Black Friday, and just like I remember working the the hard line and that was like where the halloween stuff is the christmas stuff is and i remember i had like so many go backs and i was just like why can't people put stuff back where they do if they don't want it put it back so uh, (laughs) uh, speaking at a personal experience as well because you worked at a target and you had to do go backs Mm -hmm. i worked at a macy's and had to do go backs and i also did seasonal Mm -hmm. people just please uh put them back (laughs) or put it near or, or I don't know. Fold it up. Do something nice. <laughs> Keep um, it on the hanger. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, Depart- department store work is something that uh, I feel like a lot of people need to go through. I definitely think so. Um, just because you you start sympathizing for people on a different kind of level. Because mm-hmm. you never know what that person coming in, what kind of day they're having. Um. Working in, in a department store, I know it was definitely a lot more, oh, we have nothing else to do. We're just going to come into their department store. Oh, this is a nice shirt. I'm going to look at it, pick it up, look at it, and then just put it back. I'm not going to even fold it and put it where I found it. Yeah. I um, and I imagine Target working at a Target seasonal is much worse. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was insane. I remember because you know how like Target, if there's like TVs or microwaves or blenders, they like stack them up around the store. Yeah. And I just remember people like and luckily I I did the I didn't do the early morning shift. I did like the night shift when like after all the craziness, but still going to be crazy. Um, I remember doing like all so many go backs and I'm just thinking like, 
wow, people really want all this today. And people had like carts filled, like filled. But I think that's where I learned a lot of customer service and just kind of like, you know, the saying, the customer is always right. Yeah. I definitely learned like the customer feels that they should be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's what the saying should be. <laughs> yeah. And um and noticing something that uh a lot of department stores and uh their employees are getting a lot older. You don't see a lot of younger people working at department stores. And no. I think that's re- like reflective on the time of like people knowing like the pay is not that great for the Mm-mm. hours. Uh the interactions with people is mm-hmm. not great because you see like the worst kind of people mm-hmm. and it only takes one bad experience to tarnish the entire time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so you're working at target. Mm-hmm. Where do you go next? Actually, then I think I took a break from work. Um, I stopped and it was really hard because I just was like, I need to focus on school. I'm going to take as much as classes I can. I think I doubled up on my classes and I was just like, if I'm not going to go to work, I'm going to build it up somewhere else and I double my classes. So then from there, I just, I think I stopped. I think I not doing it, not having a job was like boring to me. I was like miserable. Even even though that you were going to school even though I was twice going to as school, much? just twice as much, it was still boring to me. I feel like I still needed something else and I had too much free time to me. Like for me, I felt like I had too much free time. And at the time, Cal State was also a quarter system. So it's like 10 weeks, done, 10 done. weeks, done. Yeah. And so I was just like, I need something else. And I would feel bad asking my parents for money, you know, being the eldest that I stayed behind and trying to help them with finances. I didn't want to like ask them for money. Um, so then after that, I actually started looking for work and i think i found an on-campus job called cal soap <clears throat> they're no longer work in like in service or in in service is that the way you say it hmm. operational operational yeah so i worked for them and that's where i started working that ta job okay um but that was also part-time because it wasn't a lot of hours and it was all in the morning um But then at the same time, I started working also for Pollo Loco, another customer service entity. And it's even worse because people are hungry at that point. Yo, don't mess with people's food. (laughs) Do not mess with people's food. That was intense. So I've never seen so many people get angry. Also, I learned so much about like certain orders about Pollo Loco. It's all the same food. It, it is the same food. It's just repackaged differently. And that's the same for any fast food place. But I I really like Boy Local. Like, I'll, I'll still eat it to this day. Like, I remember I, I would make my own concoctions in the back because the chef was like, or the guy who like did the cooking of the chicken, he was like really cool with me. And I was just like, oh, give me that one. And it was just like, it was amazing. My lunches I, were on fire. <laughs> I don't know how many combinations you can have from having just chicken, rice, beans, coleslaw, that's I remember <laughs> I put like I had a scoop of mac and cheese and then I put rice on top and then bits of chicken and then like chips on the side. And I just like, oh, man, I was fat then. This was a healthy point in your life. <laughs> it wasn't healthy. It was just like <laughs> flavor of life. So OK, so this is the, the last job you had prior to those current, two were the last jobs I had prior, prior to, to your current job. Yes. So 
tell us let's, uh, yeah you kind of brief uh briefly told us about you were on indeed the website yes looking for jobs i was looking for jobs that would take a bachelor's social work degree um are there many there is um it's just you i think one thing that and i'm pretty sure not all colleges talk about it you just really have to seek it on your own you don't know what your starting pay should be and you don't know what um what to what to ask for um but one thing about social work is the field is so vast it's not just the county and the county also within themselves have different departments they have adoptions they have school they have psychiatric and then they have community service and community service is really known as the ones that like go into your homes and then like are you know quote unquote here's my air quotes um baby snatchers you know yeah so so i so um we said social worker but i feel like a lot of people have one vision of social workers and that's oh um um people who are terrible parents social workers come up uh and take their kids yes and that is not true that is so not true um in fact social workers is like you were saying a very broad term that mm-hmm. kind of umbrellas a lot of people that mm-hmm. are in very different departments mm-hmm. and it's not just very mm-hmm. children specific. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, social workers actually work to keep the child in the home. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and you decided to, uh, from your stories earlier that you were going to focus on children. So yes, <laughs> paint us a picture. <laughs> paint here. Paint. Um, so I, so yeah, like I was saying is that, um, when I was looking for a job, I was just looking for a job that works with kids. Um, I really actually know much about group home life, residential facilities, anything like that. I think I was just looking for something. And I I will talk about this a little bit later. But I always wanted to work in schools because my experience being as a TA for middle schoolers, it just really like I want to work with middle schoolers. <clears throat> oh, sorry. And I just really was passionate about that. Um, so when I found the group home that I'm working at now, they brought me on as a recreational, like group specialist is what they called it. Um, it was awesome. I worked with the kids in the group home. We did like just simple activities, but that honed on like them being, working on sportsmanship, working in, being able for them to understand how to work in a group setting what teamwork was like. It was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it. We held events for them. It was making their group home life feel as quote unquote normal as possible. How long were you working there and until you started doing your masters and then focusing on children specific? Because you have to get training to work with children, I, I imagine. Actually, you just need your bachelor's when when you apply to that. When I was applied to a group home, and I believe across certain group homes you can, just need your bachelor's, and you can just work as cottage staff, um, child care counselors, direct care staff, um, and you just need your bachelor's because that's only the requirement, um, and then you just get the training on hands. But, of course, like any job, they'd rather have someone with experience in working with children, um, especially those kids, the kids that – the group home at I'm at have severe emotional distress um, and just, you know, certain disabilities. So I definitely think that's more sought after and experience wise. But I was 
what they were called a rec staff for about a year and then they shut down the rec department um, just because they were going through staff staffing changes and like a lot of hierarchy things were just being moved around so then from there I actually moved to the position of mobile crisis um, and that one was really awesome because I felt like I was able to see kids raw emotion and a lot of just of course, I'm going to see when they're in crisis and what kind of the behaviors and moods and interactions that brought them to the facility. But I definitely saw them. I think this is when they shared. And I'll, I'm going to share one experience is that I, I definitely won't say the name, but I, I will say this experience. And I just remember hearing um, this one girl who was, you know, in a fit, in a crisis and just kind of crying, yelling, screaming. And she just recently got into a fight with another peer and she was yelling, mom, why did you have, why did you put me in this position? Mom, why did you hurt me? And I just remember hearing her scream and cry. And I was just like, oh my goodness. And she at the time was very like guarded, didn't want to talk to anyone about her history, what happened to her, anything. Um, and she was very hard to connect with. And just seeing her in that, that moment, I think definitely like not only built my rapport with her in the sense of of like I'm here for you in this time that you need most but I definitely think that it also brought like another lens to me and I was just like wow she's just a kid that went through this horrific tragedy this huge trauma and now she's here um but I definitely think in that position I learned so much about kids um and I learned like how important school is to them how important friendships are to them so mobile crisis I did that for about three years so then now I'm like looking at four years within that position though is when I applied to grad school so I was one year out of school and then I applied to school and I went back why go back I was deciding what I wanted to do um and I think like I said I think school always always reached back to me working in a school and in order to work in a school setting you definitely need a master's. I applied, went to Cal State Long Beach, best program. I love it. Great teachers, great atmosphere, great environment. To this day, I think I have two closest friends from grad school. Friends. Um, and, they're and, like, and, and, and this being honest. Yes. Uh, because uh, because one of the purpose of the show is to kind of like guide people who are mm -hmm. graduating or are in the first and second years of college and are still deciding about what to do what to do so you're giving like cal state and long beach like the go ahead if you want to be a social worker they have a great program go, i loved go, it go, go long. i definitely i did the three-year program and that's the part-time program which yeah it's three years but it went at my pace and it was something that i felt comfortable with and i worked and i think a lot of and everyone who did the theory program worked um, from county social workers to regional center workers to um, people working for um, child care. So many different people in different industries and they worked um, back moms that came back to school. It was awesome. And I think it was a great cohort. And I think we were about like 50, I want to say. Um, and we just got along so well. But out of the 50, two of them are my closest friends. And to this day, I still love them and reach out to them and talk to them. Um, our partners, 
um, each of our own individual partners get along great. Um, and I definitely think that Long Beach, not only is the tuition reasonable, I think the experience is great. You know, other institutions, those and, tuitions are intense. And 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 kind and kind of just talking about um briefly about like the school's good, but at the certain point, um and you can tell from experience or uh you can talk about this with uh experience that social work requires a certain amount of character in the person who decides to become a social worker. Yeah. And it's uh something that's probably more for stronger willed people would you say like you have to have a certain amount of tough skin and endurance i definitely think so um i mean i'm not saying that i'm not tough skinned but i think my passionate is definitely for the kids um because i do see like some of my fellow co-workers or even social workers that i've come across that work for the county and they're just mannerisms their confidence kind of it just exhumes more like assertive Mm. um and i think when i see them and i met them i'm like yeah this job's for you definitely and it definitely doesn't necessarily mean that it's for people who have cold personalities no i think like matter of fact like that's like to some degree you need to be an emotional person you do i think it's and i'll be honest um not trying to jump too ahead but i am currently i am a social worker but my role at group home right now as therapist and in my own therapy sessions with my clients I've teared up with them because of what they've said to me what they're sharing with me and I they'll they will make a remark I was like oh you're crying yes I'm gonna cry because I'm an emotional person I'm a human that has feelings and I I empathize with what you're going through and I sympathize with what you're saying and and that's you know modeling for them and showing them that the humans and the adults that were in their lives that caused the trauma or endured it with them, adults can also feel. Um, And I think that's something that if you have feelings, this is a job for you. Or if you feel like you have too much feelings and you can't handle it, that's okay too. There's times for both. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to make a cold decision at some point, but also at the same time, you're going to have to be emotionally there because it's not only trust building with um, with the people in the programs, but it allows them to develop whatever they might lack. Yes, um, definitely. It's teaching. It's teaching. Yeah. Truly. It's teaching and, and educating them and building and helping them grow in from what they've gone through into shaping it to make them better people. Not necessarily better. I wouldn't want to say that, but more well-rounded, well-rounded, and hopeful for their own future. That's definitely true. So, uh, we've now come to the present. Mm-hmm. We've like talked up to today. What's what's in the future for you? What what can you do as a social worker, especially um, someone who works directly in kids? And you've kind of talked about it a little bit. Yes. But- what, what's what's the next step for you? So currently, I'm a therapist, um, and obviously, once I graduated grad oh, school. But um, b- before you go, um, Stephanie, um, social work is great and all, and it's mm-hmm. uh, definitely necessary. Um, but will it make me money? Oh, 
Yo, okay. We're about to get real. And 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 this and I know you're kind of <laughs> saying it jokingly, but this is a very like serious thing. It's a thing. serious like, thing. Even even though you are the most well-intentioned person on the planet, mm-hmm. there may be some point of you's like, well, if I'm not going to get paid for it, why am I going to do it? Yes. And I think if you're with that mindset already, let me hear hear me now. Hear me now. Then this job is not for you. Because I hope that other social workers agree with me, but I definitely think we are not getting paid enough for what we do. And that's across. I am not a social worker and I can absolutely agree with that. <laughs> because yeah. it, it, it is a service um, and oftentimes it is uh, a city or a state provided service. Mm-hmm. So they're being paid whatever the city or the state uh, yes. deems feasible for them. And of course, and it's going to be different in every state because I would say what maybe florida's going through or what kids they are having issues with or whatever the case may be it may not look the same in california um so that's definitely can you give us a range of like where you fit because you've been working there for five plus years now going Mm -hmm. on six there might have been some salary bumps it helps to be bilingual it helps to be bilingual yo hablo espanol (laughs) servicios aquí (laughs) <laughs> um, <See. laughs> so what's what's the what's the range um so they actually and we got an email about this um and it's a, uh, sorry, sorry I, keep, <laughs> I, I keep interrupting you no it's okay because i want because i want to make these points and i want the listeners to know this is how our friendship is in real life you yeah, interrupt keep, me all the time uh, all the time <laughs> um, um it's uh come up a lot where people need to talk about how much they earn yes because it open it opens up a lot about equality and um what you are earning mm-hmm. as a woman mm-hmm. might be different from a man who's working in your position who may have less experience but might be getting paid more yeah. is, has spent less time there but may be getting paid more mm-hmm. and on the terms of and speaking of equality i'll now let you actually tell me the answer no no yeah <laughs> um Okay, so I know the state of California actually recently upped it, like the starting salary for social workers um, with masters, and I believe it might be close to fifty-two thousand a year. That could be so wrong, but because I do have a bilingual stipend, also let me let me preface with this: fifty-two is great for a lot of people. A lot of people, but for social work, I definitely think we need more. Um, definitely in the county. I know for a fact that they start at 61 and so do school social workers start at 61. Um, or um, let me rephrase approximately 51 Yeah, uh, 61. Um, but I know school social workers also approximately 61. And then of course in the school system, I've come to know it gets the longer you're there, the positions you move up in, it's, it can get close to six figures. And if you're specialized in something very specific, yes, then that can just go up. Yes. Um, but it's the same like as underappreciated, underpaid. Yes, uh, like teachers are and then underpaid. Also, social workers are underpaid. Yeah, and then also, I currently work for a nonprofit, so of course they're gonna tweak their numbers differently because it's not necessarily government. We're contracted with departments of mental health, departments of child, children and family services. We're contracted, but not. I'm not working for them. Yeah, they're being they're being outsourcing it to you mm-hmm. guys, and so you 
at yes. the end of at the end of the year the the place where you're working is going to end at zero yes definitely so, pay raises may not be something that happen frequently no but it's a possibility yes but this kind of also goes into what you have planned for the future mm-hmm. which is well so one thing i forgot to mention is that in grad school i did get my ppsc which is my pupil oh my god no my pupil personnel service services credential oh my gosh someone Take out it there. back. she doesn't deserve it she can't remember it. <laughs> that credential allows me to work in the school and that's you can only get it at from my understanding as of right now you can get it through apu usc and long beach those are the three grad schools you can get it through and you're earning it through long beach i already earned it perfect but you can always go back if you already okay. have your master's and you're like hmm, i want to go to work in schools you can go back and get it what does Just, that allow you to do um allows you to work in the county los angeles county unified school district or any school district um la county if you do not know or uh, LAUSD, is the second largest school district first being new york city yeah. um so we can with that credential we can work in the schools and like i said schools definitely pay a little bit well at least la county does definitely LAUSD. i keep saying la county LUSD definitely pays more or at least a little bit more substantial and then you can move up. I remember seeing one time uh, a research position. Again, I like numbers. So I seen a research position about truancy, about um, statistics in that and how to work with kids and all that. Of course, you had to have already six years of experience within LAUSD. But the starting was 98,000. And I was just like, well, what do I need to do to get there? That is, so that's my goal. So you're, you're, you're I working. I want to do that. Whoever that person is. So you're is. earning your hours. <laughs> um, you're going to end up at six years, which was the minimum requirement for uh, that position or uh, of experience. Yes. Um, you're kind of like checking your boxes. I am. Right now. I am. I'm paying earning, your dues. I am. And then I'm earning my hours because I do want to become licensed. Um, licensed. And, a licensed uh, clinical social worker. Okay. Um, and of course, I have to take my exam. Um, how is a cl- uh, sorry? How mm-hmm. is a clinical social worker different from a regular social worker? Um, a licensed clinical social worker, from general general terms, general terms, layman terms, you can work, open up your own practice. That's definitely I remember studying for that and just learning that you can open up your own practice and essentially be your own boss um definitely you have your more oh god i'm gonna butcher this someone's gonna kill me out there but it's just kind of being able to hold your own and just you you are licensed because you your clinical expertise is substantial it's math it's reached it's mastered level um I'm saying this wrong because I feel like I'm giving you word salad at this point. I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, it, 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 <laughs> the, pe- the people that are interested will understand what you're saying. I hope so. <laughs> Sorry, people out there. So so if from what I'm understanding, it allows you to open up your own practice. It does also open way more opportunity. So when you get your bachelor's and you see like, what do I want to do in social work? You're like, oh, I can see good, let's say 20% of what's out there. You get your master's, another 40%. 
Now, when you're licensed, it opens up all doors. Definitely helps you get into that administrative field, helps you get into those supervisory roles. Um, those are the definitely the stepping stones in getting an LCSW or an LMFT, which is a licensed marriage and family therapist. So it, it, for is, is the goal for you to eventually not have the one-on-one interactions and more supervising other people who are having those one-on-one interactions? So I have two different life paths, depending on how, of course, life goes, but I'm not, I can't say. Um, but I definitely would like to see myself, I would eventually like to do a supervisory role at my current job. In what capacity? I don't know. Um, because I definitely have seen there's a lot of movement and change and that's really hard in nonprofits, especially our nonprofits really hard because nothing's certain and everything's always changing. And that's because sometimes state California regulations are coming down on department of mental health and DCFS and they're coming down on us and it's, it's a lot. Yeah. So that's one thing I've always wanted to try. I wanted to see how I can do that and how I can delegate. Um, Like I can plan a mean Christmas party. Uh, been there but attended (laughs) but i don't know how it would be at work it's totally different um and then also like i said schools always call to me and i would love to go and work at a school and be a school counselor or a school social worker and just work with them there because a lot of the times kids are like 80 percent of their week is at school yeah and it's it's interesting that the fact that you have both those paths which is like you have that path of becoming that big boss and like really taking control of of the work that's being done but at the same time you also really enjoy that involvement yes and i i i think that definitely allows you or allows people to see that your heart's in the right place it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter cuz at the end of the day people are going to get the support that they need and you're going to walk away from it happy regardless. Yes. And I love that you said support because without the support system I have, I will not pursue my goals, my my aspirations without them. My support, of course, being my family, my husband, also um, my coworkers. I have a great set of coworkers and I think us being able to just collaborate understand each other's feelings i have one coworker who like i can just go in his office and just be like look this is what i hate about today let me vent and he'll just listen and then i'll be like all right now i just gotta get it together like i have so many things going on and we'll like prioritize like okay do this first and this and this and this um and so i definitely think that support is so much it's so important in this role in this field in general Uh, in life actually too so i definitely think if you're thinking of social work by all means do it make sure your support system's there make sure you have one it's so important and i think that's something we always express to our kids and with that uh thank you stephanie for agreeing to do with this this was fun you're one of the first and i think hopefully not one of the last i hope not maybe the listeners are like bring her back uh you you know (laughs) they're um, it's funny that you mentioned that and uh, you're saying that jokingly, but I would love to also bring in another social worker who may be in a different field as you and kind yeah. of like provide a, like not, not exactly a like counter a, ar- argument, uh-huh. but just like a different perspective. That'd be great. Um, 
Because um, as we discussed, social work isn't just one thing. It is not. Um, it would be great. I think that would be a great discussion because I think I I've come to I've come to work across so many social workers, but at the same time, it's also a small world, just because. LA County may be so huge, but just you can come across the same people s- numerous times. Everyone attends those uh, trainings. Yes. <laughs> same trainings. <laughs> Great trainings. Free trainings if you can. But yes. <laughs> um, Stephanie, again, thank you very much for doing this. You're welcome. This was fun. And thank you for listening. If you want to hear more about Stephanie, make sure to listen to our post show where Stephanie and I are going to discuss Disneyland. Yes. My favorite place on earth thank you very much and have a great day bye bye